are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, good morning. Welcome, church. Happy New Year's. Just thinking, I love Christmas, I love the New Year, and uh, it's a great time. I get to see my family. I live here in Cold Lake now. My, most of my family lives in Calgary. It was nice to go for just a couple days and, and see them with Rhea. But uh, this morning, tell my message, hope, the start of something new. And New Year's is kind of a funny thing. It's something we celebrate but what makes January 1st, 0101, so special? Just any other ordinary day, it's really it's just a day. But what the day symbolizes is something significant. That it symbolizes the beginning of something new. It symbolizes a fresh start. And right around New Year's, a lot of people will take a moment and reflect on their life, take a little bit of inventory of where things are at. And uh, is there anyone here that's made a New Year's resolution this year? A couple people have made New Year's resolutions, like four or five people. And everybody else are good. I think it's interesting about New Year's resolutions is that we make a New Year's resolution because we assume that there's something better than we currently have. That we're unsatisfied with something in our lives. We know that there's something better And we know that we have the power to change to make something better happen. And that's why we make resolutions, because there's that hope for change. But I think it's interesting that most people nowadays don't seem to make resolutions, probably because they've made resolutions in the past and have failed. And they're maybe at the point and they say, well, what's the point? Why even bother? I know I'm going to get to day two or day three and be stuffing my face again with my favorite potato chips or whatever your New Year's resolution is. Potato chips. Mm. Exactly, Cindy. There's a little New Year's prayer that, uh, that I read that I would like to read to you. Dear Lord, so far this year I've done well. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But, I'm in, a, but in a few minutes, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'll probably need a lot more help. Amen. I love that prayer because I've most definitely been in that place myself where I've thought, this has, been su- this has been such a good day, and it's like 11 o'clock on a Saturday, and I'm still in bed, and I haven't done anything wrong yet, haven't got yelled at for anything. It's a great time. But the new year brings hope because it challenges us to believe that change is possible. And this morning, I want to say that change is not only possible, but change is inevitable, that every year that goes by, we get a little bit older. We may be, our hair grows a little longer, or goes a little thinner, get a little wider, a little thinner. There's always change happening. And it's funny that even though it's inevitable, for whatever reason, we resist change. For the most part, we don't like it. In life, we like certainty. We like to know that some things are always going to be the same. But at the same time, we also need a certain amount of uncertainty or else we get bored. 
is boring if we don't have change, don't have something more dynamic in our life. So right now, when you look at your life, what do you see? Do you see dreams coming true that you had as a child? Do you see your life moving in a direction that excites you and something that just stirs inside of you? It's interesting that a lot of times the negative and disappointing aspects of our life sometimes seem to be highlighted when we think about making change. That there's often a lot of good things happening in our lives, but when we think about change, we often look at the negative things. But this morning, I'd like to look at basically a question that I've asked of myself at times when I look at my life and I think, man, this isn't exactly what I pictured it would look like. And uh, have any, are there any avid puzzle people in this room that like doing puzzles? Anybody? When I was growing up, my mom used to love making puzzles. She had those like puzzle mats that would unroll and those big plastic things you could fold in half and make puzzles. And I'd see her make puzzles and usually it was before we went to bed and we'd wake up in the morning there'd be this masterpiece laying out in our, in our living room table. And puzzles are kind of neat because you have all these little pieces. You maybe have a picture. You know what you're aiming for. You know what this thing is going to look like. But in order to create it, you have to go piece by piece. You can't really speed up the process. It's one step at a time. And it can become increasingly more difficult to make a puzzle if pieces are missing. Have you ever tried to make a puzzle and you get to the end and then you realize that there's a couple pieces missing. I don't think there's anything more disappointing, especially if it's like a thousand-piece puzzle, and you get to the last couple pieces, and you realize there's like three pieces missing. I think that would be absolutely terrible. I've never done a thousand-piece puzzle. I don't think I have the patience. But uh, maybe one day that'll be my New Year's resolution. But have you ever asked yourself, am I missing something? Is there a piece of this puzzle of life that is missing? And I think sometimes when there's lack in our lives, it can be easy to look around and blame. We, we experience this lack, we experience this hole, maybe there's something missing, it's not quite fitting quite right. And it's easy to look around and blame things, blame people. We can say, oh, it's my boss, it's my family, it's my life circumstance. But the reality is that every single day, if life, if we're going to use the analogy of a puzzle, that every day we make little decisions. And every little decision, big or small, is like a piece of a puzzle. And you're putting it together. And at the end of the day, once the puzzle's created, can you really blame someone else for the outcome? Because every day we make small decisions, and whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, there's going to be an outcome. And... Uh, it's interesting that a lot of our satisfaction, when I was thinking about change and I was thinking about dissatisfaction, I began to realize that it originates here and here. That quite often it begins with a limiting mindset, something that we believe about ourselves or the world that maybe is inaccurate, that maybe distorts reality, distorts the truth. And so the question that had been kind of on my mind when I look around at things and it's not quite fitting quite right, something that I've maybe asked maybe in a slightly different way, but is God holding out on you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Is God holding out on me? It's like there's something I'm missing. 
I read the promises of God in his word, and it's like, I don't see this as a reality in my life right now. What peace am I missing from experiencing the blessing, from experiencing the life and the dreams that I have and that God has for me? If we were to twist this question just a little bit, is God holding out on you? Maybe perhaps a better question would be, is there anything that God hasn't already given you? When there's lack in your life, have you ever asked yourself that question? Is there anything that God hasn't given me? I don't know if I'm specifically going to answer that for you, but it's something that I think we all should think about. Is there anything that God hasn't given me? The areas of my life that aren't quite right, is it because God's lacking in, in giving? Or perhaps are we the issue? Perhaps is it that the problem isn't God, but the problem's us receiving and stewarding what's already been given? Galatians 4, 6 to 7. Because you Gentiles have become his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, and now you can call God your dear father or Abba father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. Our perception of God and the Christian life is very true that how we perceive God and how we perceive our role in the kingdom of God will directly affect how we interact with God, and how we interact with the world around us. And if we have an improper, maybe, or a diluted sense of who God is, then chances are our relationship with God will be quite diluted and maybe unsatisfying. Our relationships with others will likely be the same. So if how we perceive our identity in Christ will directly determine how we act in relationship with other people. How do we perceive God? How do we perceive the Christian life? How do we perceive our role in this life journey that we're on? What's our role? What's our, what's our purpose? And is there anything that God has not given you or me to fulfill that purpose that God has for us? Our current reality right now is the result of every decision that we've made up until this point in our life. And I was thinking about this. I, I talked a little bit about this in the summertime, about our identity in Christ. How do we view ourselves as, as Christians, as children of God? And um, one of the things there, the scripture that I read from Galatians, infers that we are co-heirs with Christ. What an amazing thing. How is it even possible that we could be joint heirs with the creator of the universe, with God Almighty? How is it possible that God, who transcends all understanding, could somehow bring us mortal beings into this relationship with him that is eternal? Really, it's just mind-boggling. There's a scripture that I wanted to read. I had my own Bible at home, and I must have left it at my front door or something. So 
I get the honey word Bible, making God's word stick. Thank you, Pastor Cynthia. This is Paul's prayer for spiritual growth is what it's listed in, in this Bible. Scripture is Ephesians 3, 14, and I'd like to read it to you. And also kind of, I guess, prayed over you at the same time that this is our, our prayer for this new year. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness and life and power that comes from God. Now all the glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. When we view God, do we think of a God that is doing more for us than we could ever ask or think? I think God is so much bigger than we could ever even contemplate. And... Our perception of who he is and who we are plays such an important role. So who, we, who are we as children of God? As children, when you think of earthly parents, are there, are there are parents in the room, and everybody in here has had parents, I would assume, that it really is family. It's, it's the direction that our church is, is going. Pastor Lance has been talking about how we're a church family. And that family is all about love, that we're spirit-led and Christ-centered. And I know for me, probably one of my New Year's resolutions will be to focus on who God is, kind of as far as the Trinity. That I have kind of an understanding of this, of the Father, through His Word, and Jesus. I can grasp that. But this Holy Spirit guy, he's just, Wild and unpredictable. He's, that's most definitely one aspect of God that I want to explore more this year, is the Holy Spirit. That it's because of the Holy Spirit that we are born again, that we are walking in communion with God in the way that we are, that we have entered into this union with the Trinity, that we have eternal life. And the Bible says in John seventeen three that eternal life is to know God the one true God. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is there anything that God has not given to us? This year, I guess it was last year now, about two weeks ago, Pastor Lance gave a message and he was talking about legacy. He's talking about what legacy do you want to leave? And he gave us two little pieces of homework to do, two questions to go home with, to ponder, to prayerfully consider, take before the Lord, and to maybe write down in a journal or something. And I pray that some of you have done that. The, one of the questions was, what legacy do you want to leave? 
And the other one was, what do you want your grandchildren to know about you when you're dead and gone? And I guess for this year, for about the 90% of us that didn't make any New Year's resolutions, why is it that we didn't make any resolutions? Is it that we're completely satisfied and content with our life the way everything is right now? Is it maybe that we just, like I said before, like why even bother making a New Year's resolution? Because I know I'm going to fail. But once again, that's a limiting mindset. We start from failure. And the God that we read about in the Word is so big, it says that He is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. I was thinking about, about dreams and visions. I know quite often you, you'll hear about, you know, setting a vision or setting goals. And when I was looking just kind of at the Bible and different things, I was like, there's a lot of places that doesn't really specifically talk about goal setting. But quite often God would give somebody a picture, a dream, a vision of something. I was thinking about Joseph and how God gave him this dream. And if his, as his life was going and as different seasons of his life happened and the puzzle was being made, it was always one piece at a time. But there was still that dream, that vision. He knew what the end result kind of would be. Maybe he didn't have it in total clarity but he saw a picture and he was moving towards that through the Lord's help. And this morning, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at this morning is that what is your vision? What's your goal? Where would you like to be one year from now, five years from now? And is there anything that God has not given you to be able to accomplish those, those things that God has put in you to do. Once again, back to Ephesians 3.20. God can do infinitely more than we could ever ask, request, or imagine. Infinitely more. What is infinitely more for you this morning? Would it be to wake up and have $100 sitting on your coffee table? Is that infinitely more than you could have imagined before you went to bed last night? Somebody it might have been. But I really believe that God wants to do some amazing things this year. I believe that this can be the most amazing year ever. And not because of circumstances, not because oil is going to go skyrocketing or because it's going to plummet. I don't know. It's not because your stocks are going to go really high. You're going to make lots of money. It's nothing like that. That as we move into the season of prayer and fasting, that what's going to make this the best year ever are those intrinsic things, what God's doing on the inside of us. And the more that we become like Christ, I think the more 
our dreams will be fulfilled. Because the desires of our heart, God already knows what those are. And sometimes we can run after them and set these New Year's resolutions or set things. But God already knows what they are. God already knows what the desires of your heart are. And so this year as we go into prayer and fasting, I just encourage us to do exactly what Pastor Lance has encouraged us to do. Get three things that you want, one, two, three things, and write them down that you're praying and fasting for. And be specific. I remember one year I was just looking through a journal that I wrote, and I don't know what, I was, what it was for, but I wrote, God, I want to have a better relationship with you. And that was what I was at right then. And as I was reading it and reflecting it, I was thinking, well, what on earth does that mean? I want to have a better relationship with God. What does that look like? Does that mean I want to spend more time in prayer? Does that mean I want to read more of his word? Does that mean I want to spend more time in his presence? Does that mean I want to learn how to play guitar so that I can worship him on a Sunday morning corporately with other people? What does that mean that you want to have a better relationship with God? Specifically, what does that look like for you? What areas are you lacking in your relationship with God that you would like to change? Maybe this year's New Year's resolution isn't about specifically that, but maybe it's with your family. You want to have a better relationship with your family. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? You want to spend more time with your kids? More quality time with your kids? You want to spend more time with your wife? The time that you have, you want it to be more fulfilling, more, you just want to be more there? This year, I just really encourage everybody, whether it's through the things that you're praying for, New Year's resolutions, to be specific, to break it down, determine actually what it is that you're praying and fasting for. Pinpoint it, and then begin to do some of those things that you need to do. And I'm really excited for our time of fasting and prayer this year. And... uh, I have some new things that I just, God kind of showed me over Christmas that I will be praying and fasting for. And God can most definitely do more than we could ever ask or think. And sometimes, I think we just need to dream bigger. And God will meet us where we dream. So, is there anything that God hasn't given you? The God of the universe, the creator of the world, who now dwells in us. All I can say, church, is that if we can't do it, who can? If we got God residing in us, what an amazing thing. I don't understand it. I can't contemplate it. The Holy Spirit. But church, we are blessed. So blessed. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are so much bigger than I could ever think or imagine. Lord God, I just thank you, Father, for Christmas holidays and New Year's. Father, I thank you for time that we spent with family and friends. Lord God, I just ask right now, Father, that you would just deposit a dream if we don't already have one, clearly set in our minds and our heart, Father God. Lord, that as we move into this new season of 2012, Lord God, may it be the best year ever. Father God, because we've put relationships first. 
relationship with you, relationship with our families. And Father God, I thank you, God, that for everything, God, they're so thankful. I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.